Okay, so this week we are discussing Francis Ford Coppola's Apocalypse Now. This is an older film. This was this was, this came out in 1979. Uh, this is an epic war film. This takes us into the heart of uh, the Vietnam War, up a river into, quite frankly, insanity. Um, it has some of the what I would venture to say best uh, war sequences in film history. Um, it has a star-studded cast uh, with Martin Sheen, Robert Duvall, Marlon Brando, uh, Lawrence Fishburne. When he was young, young, um, Harrison Ford makes an appearance. This is quite a ride. This film was uh, <clears throat> received mixed reviews when it, when it came out because of p- people focused on uh, th- the, th- the themes that the film was portraying and the messy final act um, and is since considered one of the greatest films ever created because of its cinematography, the sequences, the way that Francis Ford Coppola explores uh, the mood in filmmaking rather than necessarily like story and plot. Uh, it's going to be a, a joy to talk about this. I'm really excited. Like you said a lot, and we'll say a lot more, because this film not only is in, in and of itself a piece of film history, there's a lot of history and a lot of drama that kind of happened during the, the making of this film that we can discuss as well. Uh, but I have one question that I'll pose at the end of this roughly hour or so. If that's okay with you. And that question is, but is Apocalypse Now good? And if there happens to be two versions that we each watched that are different than the other, is one better than the other? We're going to figure that out. We're going to discuss that and talk about that and have a conversation about that. Let's do it. But is it good podcast? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hello. What's up? Um, happy, what was it, Labor Day? Is that what it was? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Happy. You can't wear white. You can't wear white anymore ah, if you buy into that shoot. sort of, um, that sort of happy zeitgeist. Day, happy day of work. Apparently yep. that's what Labor Day means. Um, this is going to be coming out Wednesday the 6th at midnight. We are a couple of days late. That is um, my fault because I did not plan ahead and I was at the beach um, until Monday and I did not get a chance to watch the movie until yesterday. And you, you had f- you had fantasy football? Or something? Yeah, I had a fantasy football draft last night. Uh, yep. It went pretty well, in case you were wondering. But first of all, uh, I think we would be remiss if... We didn't introduce ourselves. Oh, that's right. Shit. Um, hi, I am your host. <laughs> <laughs> I am your host, Hunter Callahan. And I am your host, Zach Olson. And this is the But Is It Good podcast. That is true. 
Um, Zach, I have to give everybody an apology um, because you were sick for forever mm-hmm. and now are not. And now I am fighting something. My hope, my hope is that it's just like a quick little thing. I wake up tomorrow feeling better. But in the moment, I'm a little dreary. So if I just go on a rant about, I don't know, late stage capitalism or something, just let me go. Okay. It's an interesting illness. <laughs> That's a symptom. Go to the doctor. Yeah, I've just been going on these late stage capitalism <laughs> rants, man. I can't, I can't, I can't control them. I don't know what's going on. Um, well, how are you, Zach? Real quick, life good? I'm doing better. Uh, I'm not 100 percent by any any means. I'm probably like honestly like 50 percent. But I was running on like temper. I was running on fumes. Yeah. So a half a half full tank is pretty good. You good, know, yeah. we could get to Athens. That's true. Know. We could probably yeah. Couldn't get back though. No. Well, maybe. How, how far is Athens? It's like seventy miles from Atlanta. Oh, we could get back. We could. We could get oh, there well, in my Civic. car. That's true. I yeah, got a mine. I got, I got my tiny, tiny little Civic. Uh, well, good deal. Um, I. Uh, I would ask you how you are, but you told us from the top. So. Yeah, but I had like I had you know <laughs> hopefully you had a good holiday weekend. I, I did. I did. Fun. Yeah. You see some fam. Uh, I was resting for most of it and then, uh, saw my dad yesterday and then that was pretty much it. So, but, but I mean, a long weekend where you do nothing sometimes can be as good as going to the beach. Like if you need it, (laughs) it can, it can be nice. What's funny is that it rained three of like the four days we were there. So like we had like one, I had like three hours on the beach the entire weekend, which is yeah, fine. Yeah, you went like right after uh, uh, a hurricane. Went That's to, true. Were you down in Florida? Were you in the Gulf? I was in Florida. I was on the Panhandle though, so I was a little farther west. Okay. Um, and it was fun. I don't mind. The, like the beach is fine. I get kind of tired of it pretty quickly because I'm just like, okay. Sand. It's sand and it's hot. Like whatever. I got a little burnt, but whatever, it's you know. Coarse. It gets everywhere. <laughs> I hate sand. <laughs> oh, goodness. That's uh, a real line from a movie. Um, anyway, but it was good. So happy to be back. I'm supposed to go to Canada on Thursday. Hopefully I wake up feeling better so I can do that. Uh, cool. Anything else? Not good. Please follow us, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. You know how it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This month we're doing something fun. Maybe it's, maybe it's fun. Who knows? Good movies, though. Um. We were talking about doing the creator at the end of the month, and Gareth yep. Edwards, who's the director of the creator, um, which the movie looks fascinating. I'm not sure if you ever watched the trailer for it, but it looks really interesting. He said that his movie is Apocalypse Now meets Blade Runner. So we said, let's just see about let's see about that. Let's see about that. You sure, you sure about, about you that? sure about that? You sure about that? <laughs> Um, so yeah, we're going to do those two, uh, well, I guess three, but one's a series, but we're going to do Apocalypse Now, then we're going to do Blade Runner next. Yeah, but I doubt he was talking about the, the newer Blade Runner, you know, because, yeah, but like, because I feel like, I feel like, I feel like Blade Runner and Apocalypse Now at least have like a, uh, um, a time, like a, a, a timepiece similarity where they both feel like 70s, 80s films. Like they have a through line? Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, 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 a through line. But 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 the Ryan Gosling, uh, 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 Blade Runner, doesn't follow that through line as clearly. Yeah, but it's so good that we were like, I didn't want to do. And 
we needed a third film with uh, with Harrison Ford. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I would I would be a ama- I would love nothing more if the if he just pops up in the creator. We're like, fuck yeah, <laughs> Harrison Ford month. Uh, um but anyway, we're not talking about that yet. We're talking about Apocalypse Now. Um, Zach, you want to go first? Uh, and do what? Do our, our first reactions. Or is this, this oh, is yeah. yours, so you can drive the ship. Uh, I am turning to the bow. I don't know how to do boat stuff. Um, we just <coughs> did Grand Turismo. You could have just made a joke about that. But that's not a boat. Hunter. Oh, yeah, I said ship. You're right. Come on, dude. You can drive the car. Work with me. Work with me. Okay. Uh, nitrous oxide. <laughs> what is this? Fast and Furious? <laughs> oh, goodness. We're driving to the moon. Um, <laughs> so, Hunter. Yeah. Tell tell me your first thoughts about this film. Was so this I your ne- first time watching it? Yeah, I'd never seen it. I'd never seen it because I am a fake movie fan. Um. No, nah, I hated it. That marinate. I hated it. <laughs> you can't see us because we don't post these on YouTube yet. But I was l- literally like in shit, in shock, <laughs> in in shit, in shit, in shit shock. Um, uh, my AirPods beeped. I think I need to give your opening yeah, thoughts. Go I need to switch thing. headsets. I um, but you're not gonna hear it, so you're gonna think that I hated it. That's gonna be amazing. Uh, okay, cool. No, I loved it. I thought it was incredible. I um, yeah, I'd never seen it. I I'd, I'd heard a lot about it, um, and I know a little bit of the history, kind of the stories of, you know, the filming and like there's. I think it was Marlon Brando had a had his drama behind the scenes, and I knew it was Martin Sheen. That's kind of it. I knew it was one of the best war movies. Um, but I thought it was phenomenal. I thought it was really, really great. I thought, um, you know, I kind of thought, oh, is this going to be some crazy, like, bloodbath movie that just tries to go for shock value and, like, be like, oh, look, war's bad. And it's not, really. There's some violence, of course. Um, but it's such a psychological movie, you know? It's, it kind of just takes you on this journey as far as, like, you know, is any war just or justified? And um, I don't want to get into spoilers yet, even though it's 40 years old, but just all these things that kind of make you look at not just the Vietnam War, but just the war in general and like the blindly following orders, that kind of stuff, and being like, is there a line? You know, what's the morality of it? I thought it was great. Um, and the cast, man, the cast just like, it took me like an hour to realize that that was Lawrence Fishburne. Like, mm. I didn't realize it at all, but then I saw one angle, and I was like, hold on a second. You want to hear something crazy? Please. Um, so when he first got the role, now it took years for them to finish the film, but when he first got the role, uh, he lied about his age, and he was actually 14 years old. Now, he was 18 by the time the film released. That's nuts. But isn't that crazy? So this is like a... F- Roughly 15, 16 year old. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yep. It's nuts, dude. Um, Yeah, we get a young Harrison Ford makes an appearance. Um, It's just, it was crazy. I thought it was phenomenal. I thought it was such a good 
uh, kind of slow burn and study of morality, mm-hmm. really. Um, you know, we get Robert Duvall, who was like one of the best parts of the movie and kind of the worst way. Um, Which yeah, he, won a, he, he won an Oscar for like best supporting actor. Really? I can see yeah. that. I can see why. He's um, got two of the, I mean, come on, two of the best <laughs> lines. I know we're not in the spoiler part yet, but this is an old movie. But when he says, uh, <coughs> Charlie, don't surf, yeah, that hits. Uh, and then he says, uh, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. That's yep. also like a, a classic line, yep. right? Um, I love when he was like, you either surf or you fight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or when he was, and, and you know, we're getting the spoilers, but so I can tell, say later, but I loved it. I loved it. But you? So this is, uh, I've seen this at least three times. I think I've seen it more, but I've seen three different cuts of the film. So... Uh, the original theatrical cut, which I think is the the cut that you watched. Yes, that's what I saw. Um, it, it, it it was it it cut a lot of extra s- scenes, um, and then Francis Ford Coppola put out. I think it was like two thousand one. Don't quote me. Don't get mad at me, Ethan. Uh, <laughs> so, somewhere in there was the the uh, Apocalypse Now Redux which added in a lot of extra like the scenes that were taken out originally. And it was like three and a half hours long or something like that. Like it was insanely long. And then in, I think it was 2019, don't get mad at me, Ethan, um, came out Apocalypse Now, the final cut, which was sort of a middle ground. It was, it was uh, I think, it, I th- and that's the cut that I watched most recently. I think it was like three hours and 12 minutes or somewhere in there. Um, and it, you know, keep some of the extra scenes that were deleted, but then take some others out. And, you know, um, I will say that the final cut, I think, is the uh, most, like, fleshed out story. Because there's, okay. there's, there's, like, this really long sequence that, that gets cut out from the, the original theatrical cut that kind of is weird in its pacing, but I do think it's, it's, it's important. Like, it's an important added layer to the story. Um this is a cut I watched yesterday. Gotcha. And, I mean, this film is just a spectacle, man. Like, it's it's so... It's so fascinating to watch. And the first time I watched it, I was expecting one thing. I was expecting something like uh, um, uh, Full Metal Jacket or something. Just mm-hmm. like like you said, just like gore, like guns blazing, just crazy war movie. And it's really less that and more just like this descent into insanity and dread yep. and terror in the jungle and just the like, right. The, the horror, horror, right. And, and, and facing these uncomfortable, uh, truths that both the main character and the, uh, mythical antagonist both reach. Right. Uh, which I do want to say that what you were saying about morality, I don't think the film is necessarily saying that, but we'll talk about that, you know, once we get into the, the beef, mm-hmm be for the movie all that to say like this is this is it's phenomenal like it's yeah this is it's and the way like it happens so organically like the the stuff with uh marlon brando and how you know there were certain agreements that were made about like his weight and then he showed up kind of overweight and then he he shaved his head 
and Francis Ford Coppola was like, "This is this is Kurtz." <laughs> like he just yeah. he was like, "That's it. We did. We've done it." You know, kind of thing. Yeah, like he was lit in darkness, like at first mm-hmm. at least on purpose right, to right, like, right. kind of hide it, and it's like, but then it creates this like super like almost like larger than life. Like, who is this guy? Well, because at the beginning, and at this point, we're just talking about the fucking movie. But yeah. at the at the beginning, we see the picture. Uh, it's like the last known picture of him, and it's yeah. literally just a silhouette, and it's yeah, just yeah. so fascinating. To, yep. to do that, uh, I think it's paced really well in that, I mean, there's these crazy sequences, like so many different sequences that are just like awe-inspiring or just like shocking or like whatever, right? Like a lot of things happen on this trip up the river, but then it gives you these like these uh, like meditative breaks throughout. Yeah. So that you're just like on this journey and there's like this ambient uh, scenery. It, it it reminds me of, and of course this movie came out way later, but uh, it, it's it's similar to like how Dune does it, where like we see all this stuff happening and then we just get like wah with yeah. like a planet, you know? I, it, it it's different, but like it it feels I don't know. Anyways, this is yeah, I I love it. I love. Yeah, I love well, it. it's like last little thing, and then you can do movie minute. It's like it lets you catch your breath, but not all of exactly. it. Exactly. Not all of sure. it. Sure. You know what I mean? Where it's yeah, like, you can't really catch your breath when you're dealing with this kind of stuff, right? Well, but, no, I know, but yes, but like, like you're even, right. Even when they're like joking around and like whatever, it's like you. I kept thinking, I was like, some something something. I'm not at ease. Something's gonna happen, you know? Right. Which like in Dune, when it goes like bomb, you're like, oh shit! Like <laughs> I have a second to breathe, but I'm still just like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, and that's something that I think is like I never felt. I never felt overwhelmed by like, whoa, there's so much happening. Mm-hmm. But I also was never like, this is boring. I was always like, this is just what it needs to be. You know what I'm saying? Just what it needs right. to be to kind of show show the scale of stuff, but also not let you lose track of like what your story is um, and Willard. And uh, I thought it was great. Great. Anyway, it's your turn to do a movie in a minute. All right. So I have a question for you. Do I do movie in a minute for the theatrical cut, or do I do movie in a minute for the cut that I saw? Or I what might is, not even get all those details in there. But but what, what do you your, want me to do? What does your heart tell you to do? Well, my heart tells me to to do what I watched yesterday, which is then the I would do that. the the final cut. Then let's do that, and we'll see if there's any details that I don't that I don't recognize. I'm sh- there's going to be something. There's going to be at least one thing. Really. <coughs> All right, well, are you ready? Yeah. Gonna do movie oh, shit, I need a timer. Movie. movie in a minute, yeah. Movie, movie in a minute. Gonna talk about a movie in 60 seconds. Gonna talk about it. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Zach's gonna talk about Apocalypse Now. Zach's gonna talk about Apocalypse Now. The whole movie in just one minute. Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm done. Okay. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready when you are. Uh, I'm not doing anything, so let's do it. Okay. Are you ready? I, all I'm asking is, are you ready? I, um, hold on. Let me, wait. Okay, I'm ready. Are you all ready right. now? This is Movie in a Minute. Apocalypse Now in three, two, one, go. Okay, so Captain Willard is in Vietnam. He's got, like, crazy PTSD, and he needs to go back in the jungle. He just needs to go back. 
So he's given a mission to go find and assassinate Colonel Kurtz, who uh, has gone insane. Uh, and so he goes on this journey with this crew who's not really his team, but on this boat. And first they come across uh, uh, the surfing guy, the lieutenant colonel who likes to surf, and they go in and bomb this village just so he can surf. Then they keep going up the river. Uh, they come across a little boat, and people g- get shot e- because they were trying to save their puppy. We go further up the river. F- finally, he gets to the, oh, we come to this French uh, plantation, and there's this whole discussion about why they're staying and not leaving. We get to Kurtz's compound, and they find that they have like similarities in their ideology, but uh, uh, Willard kills him, and then the movie just ends, just like suddenly. How was that? They went to a French plantation. They did, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's this entire, it's like 30 minutes long, this this sequence, where they come across this another village that's just like smoking rubble, and they, they're like, <laughs> I, I, if I was on a boat in, 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 in Vietnam, and there were uh, <coughs> Charlies <laughs> all, all around, I might not stop and just be like, what's smoking? What's over here smoking in this village? But they do, they get off, and they hear like French people shouting, and they like say like, "Oh, we're not bad." And so there's this French plantation where this family uh, and this like military uh, group are like holding their ground against the the Viet Cong. And they had been there, so uh, the French were colonialists, just like a lot of countries in Europe. And so they built a lot of like rubber plantations in. Mm-hmm in Vietnam and in areas around that. So anyways, it's it's this whole, yeah, yeah. So there's it's like a 30-minute sequence where they're there and they're eating dinner and they're talking about why they're staying and not leaving. And then uh, Willard uh, has relations with uh, a widow uh, and she says that uh, her husband like was at war and then came back and he was just like fucked up in the head and he didn't understand and she said that she convinced him that there's two there's two people inside him one who kills and one who loves and that's how he was able to like reconcile and then i think he went out and died again or died wow. but anyways the the idea that there's one who kills and one who loves is like uh, an important like character development for willard i think so uh, and, and and for kurtz because if we uh, i don't want to jump to the end but anyways yeah. that's what that's what you missed that's okay, like the gotcha. main the main thing that you missed. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Well, that kind of brings us back into the beginning. Speaking of like how he went, but he came back from war and was kind of all messed up in the end. Because we he, did, he wasn't back. He was in Saigon. Okay, but he like wasn't. Sorry. He was <laughs> true, true, true. But he, he wasn't like out in the field. But he was still yeah. in Vietnam. But he talks about how he had gone back because he's oh, his, yeah, his yeah. wife. But, but he's yeah. We meet well. He's in Saigon. And he's losing it he's doing really bad like meditation movements i don't know if he's trying you know what i'm saying but like i don't know what he was doing but did you know that when he punched the mirror he like yeah legitimately cut his hand he and, was, like it was pretty bad i think he was drunk in real life in that scene uh, it makes sense i, I he, think you're reading somewhere that he was like just shit face in that scene completely martin sheen put himself through the ringer for this movie and he talked he's talked about it in interviews where he said like one, like, I went into it full, like, like full steam ahead, and I probably shouldn't have. And two, if I knew what it would have taken out of me, 
I probably wouldn't do it again, or I probably wouldn't have done it, but I don't regret doing it. But yeah. he had a heart attack on set. What? He was like 36 when he filmed this. Yeah, he had a heart attack and was uh, flown via helicopter to a hospital. That's in crazy. The f- in the Philippines where they were filming. That's wild. But anyway, yeah, so we see that he's, you know, we we are kind of in his head. Like, we his his inner voice is what we hear, kind of, like, narrates for us. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about how he's, like, you know, his wife left him. And he's, I think he says, like, he didn't. The only words s- that he said were. Were, like, yes to a yes divorce, to the, basically. Yeah, yeah, Um, But he says, like, when I was. What did he say? He's like, when I was back there, I wanted to be here. When I was here, I wanted to, like, be like have more or something like that. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's wild because like when the when those two guys come to get him for his mission, they're kind of like, "You okay, man? You're right." And then he just lays down and like, "All right, let's get him in the shower. We got a dead one. Let's just get him up." So right. they're like, at first they're kind of like, "Oh man, you're in bad shape," and then they're just like. Oh, well, okay. I think, I mean, I don't know, obviously, but I think they were trying to make sure he wasn't about to, like, pull a knife on him or something. Because okay. there's, there's like, a soldier with PTSD that's just, like, kind of kooky. And then there's a soldier with PTSD that's like, I'm going to fucking kill you if you come near me. Yeah. I'm going to uh, undo my micro fast. Keep talking. What do you think about the whole beginning sequence? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good setup to the film. Uh, I I like the the way. So you were texting me when we when you were watching it, uh, when he finally gets called to to the assignment and he meets up with uh like a general I think and uh there Harrison Ford's in there and then there's this like civilian in the in the tie, uh who you called uh goofy haircut dude or yeah, goofy dude. haircut guy. He was he he stole that scene from me for some reason. It was wild. Cause, because he is just, like, biding his time. He, I, I assume he's a politician. What did right? he s- I'm going to look at what, what, what I sent you, because I, I, I texted you what he said. Terminate with extreme prejudice. Yeah, yeah. So, like, we have... I don't know. It's really strange. Sorry I'm, if I'm hijacking what you were saying, but... No, no, no go. Um, we have Harrison Ford, who... I'm wondering... This, is pre, this was filmed pre-Star Wars, correct? This was 1979. Well, it's filmed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, principal photography was between uh, March of 1976 and uh, May of 1977. Okay, so when he was cast in this, Harrison Ford was not yet Harrison Ford as we know him, but during this production, he became a bona fide superstar because Star Wars happened and he was on Solo. And then he gets five, five minutes of screen time, ten well, no, minutes I know, maybe. What's <laughs> funny is that this already shows him in such a different yeah. way. I loved it. And it's funny because we have him. He's almost like this pragmatic like guy. Like I'm not saying he was like trying to sugarcoat stuff. I'd be like, hey, listen, we have, you know, this guy's, he's kind of gone off the rails. Here's his voice, whatever. And then we have the other general or whatever who's like wanting to eat and stuff. And he's like. He was an incredible person, a great person, but he's unsound. Like, and he's more a matter of fact. And then this dude with the crazy bangs, who hasn't said a word the entire fucking time, leans over with a cigarette and goes, "Terminate with extreme prejudice." Well, whatever. 
prejudice. And that's the only line he has in the entire movie. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but it was when he said that, I was just like, who is, like, what? My assumption, in, in as we learn more throughout the film, is that he's, like, a politician that just doesn't agree with, like, it sounds like Kurtz got back from his first command in Vietnam and, like, told... Uh, the the top brass in the U.S. like, hey, we need some fucking savages <laughs> to get this job done, yeah. and they they did not like that, right? Um, and so I assume it's it's like because he's like he's a civilian, he's not in uniform, right? Yeah. So, anyways, well, it's, it's fascinating because this is the Vietnam War. This is the one that we have we essentially lost. Uh, right, like it was like supposed we with, to. We we withdrew before victory. Yeah, I think. it was <laughs> supposed kidding. to be like a. Oh, it's the U.S. versus Vietnam. Like it's gonna walk in there and just stop them with a boot. But in reality, mm-hmm. it was like years, years. Right, it was it was years of fighting, a few years of fighting, and like they barely made any progress. Um, and I think this movie kind of shows you why. And I could be off base. I don't know a ton about it. Like, um. But from the get-go, I just think it's interesting, I don't know, just kind of seeing this, like, this guy's, what? What? Why do you just, like, I'll open my mouth, and you'll just, you, like, you freeze. You didn't just open your mouth, you went, like, you're, I, and you I, moved, I, I and, breathed. You, and you moved the microphone towards your I mouth. I took a breath. <laughs> I was just going to say that uh, years is an understatement, because the Vietnam War uh, was a conflict spanning from 1955 to 1975. So 20 years. And that's something else that I kind of feel like I knew. But it's it wasn't actually a war, was it? It was no one ever declared war, I don't think. Is that true? I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to sound like an anyway, idiot. Anyway, um, <laughs> you're just going to let me sound like an idiot? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that's <laughs> um, I think it's just crazy that like, this dude, he's he's in no mental shape to be doing anything. And they're like, hey, we're going to send you after an American. Not only an American, but like a decorated general who's had a, like the perfect military career. But we think he's gone a little crazy. But then five minutes later, you meet... Well, because he has a fucking guerrilla army in, in Cambodia, and he uh, killed three or four uh, uh, agents that they had, like intelligence agents. Mm-hmm. Now, it sounds like he did the right thing, That's as we learned later on. But, but like, um, anyways, continue. Well, that's the thing is, like, we, when he was, like, uh, what's his name? They're, like, when Kurtz is going to be arrested for murder. Like, even I was, like, murder? In war? And he brought up this interesting question of, like, well, yeah, it, it only counts as that when it's one of our guys. Um, and it's, so like, hold on. I think Which to this me is, that brings up. Go on. I think this is a good time to uh, discuss what I think the the main like thematic conflict of the film is, <coughs> which is this concept of like civility and war. Um, so I don't think they were just charging him with murder. And just like on face value, they were like, you murdered those people. They were looking for something to use for a cause to kill him because he was 
uh, uh, carrying out war in a way that they didn't agree with. So he he came to this conclusion that this um, illusory morality, this, you know, we need to do it this way, uh, was a recipe for failure, right? So Mm -hmm. he, he, think about in the compound late in the movie when he is talking about we teach these young men to drop like napalm on villages, but they can't write fuck on their, their helicopter. That's a criticism of like this. Because it's obscene. Right. Because it's obscene. That's a criticism of the, the way that the U S was going about the war in Vietnam. Right. Um, he, in, in his mind, it just needed to be this brute, uh, show of force, a, 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 battalion of men who had morality but were able to like suspend that and I think like a direct quote from him is like kill without um, uh, judgment there's a couple other words that he uses but he says something something and judgment right and that's necessary he he, the switch flipped in his mind when uh, the Viet Cong cut off all those kids arms which is just so fucked up yeah that dude that was yeah, but he he realized that they were willing to win by any means necessary, and so I think he takes it to an extreme, and I mean he's got this fucking village of like decapitated heads and corpses everywhere, uh, which is a little you know a, a bit much, right? And so the top brass in the U.S. can't have their like golden boy who they were grooming. Uh, to be like, or the top, like top ranking officials, right, 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 or officers. Uh, excuse me. So they sent a. That's another reason why the, it wasn't like a big operation. You know, they could they could go and just bomb the place, right? They Which I guess was guy. the the last the last option. But if they send one guy and he just dies in in the in the jungle, maybe they can spin a story and say. Uh, you know, our our beloved uh, general has passed, or you, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't even think he's general, but you you get what I'm saying, right? Colonel. Um, kind of. Colonel. Colonel. Cool, Colonel. Cool. Thank you. Um, Colonel Kurtz. So, think about uh, 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 Willard goes on like a similar journey and he kind of comes to a similar conclusion so as he's on the journey on the river and he's flipping through like uh, there are multiple points in the movie where he's flipping through Kurtz's file and he's reading his history and and what's going on and he uh, empathizes with what he's gone through and the conclusions that he's come to in regards to uh, the way that the war is going in Vietnam and think about specifically the scene where they like board the small ship, which is a sad scene. But uh, that woman is like she's been shot, but she's not dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and he shoots her and kills her and says, "We're we're continuing on." And then the internal narrator, like his thoughts, he's saying, "You know, they had this illusory morality. That's how they that act of like." bringing her to a hospital is how they justify the murders that they just committed. And that's not, it doesn't make any sense. Right. Yeah. He says something along the lines of like, we cut him in half and then give him a band aid, Right. And exactly. Say like, and say, sorry, or and say like, we're trying to help you. 
So I, I don't think that, that Willard takes it to the extreme that that Kurtz does, obviously, because the movie ends the way it does, but he's definitely presented with that choice, right? I don't. I mean, we don't have to talk about the very end right now, but let's come no, back yeah. to that. Well, it's funny because I think I agree with all that. I think you're totally right, but I also think it, at least for me, for my viewership of it, it also posed, it raised a lot of other questions of, of war, where it's like, it's just a super elevated conflict of when each side thinks they're right. You know what I'm saying? Like, in the sense of like, if, if we were at war, you would think what you're doing is justified, and I would too. But in reality, we're just causing destruction. So what I'm saying is like, but not even nece- that's not even necessarily true. I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. I'm disagreeing with if we were at war, we would think that what we're doing is right. So a lot of the people there. Uh, oh yeah, I'm 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 speaking broad. I'm not saying like the individual okay, okay. people. There are some people, like what's his what's his name's uh, face, Bill Kilgore, the surfer guy, who just want to go in and cause mayhem and just blow things up and blow people up. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of people who, or like Kurtz, who are like, they'll swing to the other side instead of saying this is all a joke, this is all of like an illusion. I don't want to be a part of it. He basically says, this is all an illusion. I'm going to step through that and say, this needs to be brute and savagery, and I just need to stomp them down. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think it's an interesting thing. I just think it's like, there's that scene later on where he goes to the bridge, and he's like, who's who's the CEO? Who's the commanding officer? And they're all kind of like, I, I don't know, man. There's not one. And it's like, yeah. what are they doing? Like, what are... What are they doing? And it's, I don't know. Right. I just think it's, um, I don't know. It made me think of other films like, uh, what's the movie that we loved and Ethan hated so much? Uh, love Ethan. What was it called? All Quiet on the Western Front. Did he hate that movie? I think he didn't like it. Uh, Doesn't matter. I, d- I didn't like it. You didn't I'm, like the it. One that, I'm the one that uh, didn't like it. Sorry, I think he didn't, both of you. Anyway, it made me think of, I thought of the first, of their first battle experience in that movie when they're all like super hyped to be like, yeah, man, we're going to, we're going to go kill some Germans. going to be, we're going to, well, I guess, no, no, these, they're they German. They were German. Whatever. Yeah, they're German. We're going to go, <laughs> we're going to go kill some, some enemies. We're all excited to be there. Yeah, and man. Then, they just turn to the left and shoot <laughs> the guy next to him. Yeah. And then, it, and, and then it happens and then there's just like horror and it's like, what are we, what, what are we doing? Um, I don't know. I just think it's. So the I, point I appreciate this movie because it's not like, yeah, we got them. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. So the point that you're making is like the base. So th- my criticism of All Quiet on the Western Front is that I felt like the only message that it had was war bad, war, okay. war bad. Yeah, fair. Uh, which I feel like has been beaten to the ground. So when this film came out, I th- I would say. Not that I was reading reviews back in 1979, but I have read a couple of like meta meta reviews talking about how this film was received when it came out. And the sense that I get from reading those is that the main criticism against it was that people thought that all it was saying was war 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 is is bad, bad. which is a very basic like we don't we don't need that we (laughs) we can go deeper than that right. Um, So. But yes, you're right. It, it is saying that because war is bad, but I don't think that's the only message that it's, that well, it's portraying. Well, no. I, I just think it did a good job of like, it didn't feel biased to me. Like, 
when they boarded that small ship and just massacred them. I was like, yeah, like that's our guys, quote unquote, our guys did that. That's horrendous. They just killed those innocent people. And then they're like, oh, look, a puppy. Let's take him. But mm-hmm. then when, when, when Clean dies and he's listening to the tape of his mother, yeah, I was like, that's it like breaks awful. them. That's like horrendous. And well, it's like, okay, so let's, sorry. No, 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 please. No, no, no. I'm, go for let's it. back up because when they kill uh, all those people on the boat, or like three people, it was like two parents and a daughter or something. Um, the guy that's on the boat, I think it's, I think it's Chef. He's he's like he starts crying. Yeah. Like he's he's not a fan of that, right? So it's not like they're just like completely fucking numb. It it it's it's horrifying and it is like it's not a good thing, but it also shows and I think this is what's so powerful about the sequence how quickly shit can hit the fan and it can yeah. turn into that, right? Because at one point th- like chef is like I think it's chef that goes on the boat right yeah because at first at, at first he's he's, he's like, like I'm nah, not man g- I can see let's it. not even it's, check yeah, it yeah I can see it it's they're nothing. fine there's nothing on this boat there's nothing to be worried about and chief says get on the goddamn boat basically and check yeah. it and then you know one person just makes one sudden movement and they all just go crazy and that's like a mixture of uh, uh, the horrors that they've seen and and just like so think about just uh, uh, 15, 30 minutes earlier when they're uh, storming the beach to go surfing, <laughs> which they're actually storming the beach to to drop the ship for them so they can enter the river, right? Or the boat. I guess it's not a ship. It's yeah. like a small boat. But, uh Yeah, PBR. But uh, when, they, when they're there, they land the helicopter on the little plaza to get the guy out whose leg got blown off. And that chick runs up, uh, a civilian, with a grenade yep. and... Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, 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 yes, it's horrifying, but it also like s- sort of illustrates how quickly something can like oh, go yeah. wrong like that, right? Oh yeah. So it's not just like a oh we committed a war crime. Oops, let's here's a puppy. It's also like oh shit, what just happened? Sort of vibes. Yeah. Which that I think that which like you were saying, which is never never going back in circles. That's the perfect scene to be like the the quote unquote moral code of being like whoops let's get you to a hospital right which which could be 6 hours from here but you're you know we'll try sure so we can say that we tried so i it's it, willard's character is interesting because he seems to be towing this line of uh like this he, he seems to be going on sort of the same mental journey that kurtz does right where yep. as he goes deeper into the jungle, quite literally up the river, uh, he falls deeper into this, um, like, it just becomes more trance-like, and he 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 is grappling more with these issues. And it seems like he, he's presented with the choice, quite literally, it's, it's physically shown to us to, like, take Kurtz's crown, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways... Can we talk about Kilgore for a second? Because I think yeah, Kilgore. Yeah, I was gonna say, let's go back to the beach. Kilgore, do you want to just talk about the sequence? Then we can talk about like yeah, the yeah. thematic shit. Because it, it it has the it has the f- the famous music and the helicopters and the famous scene of them flying in and the sunrise or whatever. It's a badass sequence. Like this one, yes. an Oscar for cinematography, did it not? Yeah, uh, I think. I, don't quote me, Ethan. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'll check. I'll check. <laughs> um. 
but it's just such a like yeah they're bombing a village and they probably didn't need to to go that hard but it it's a it's a it's a cool sequence the way that they fly in and they're circling around um i love robert duvall's like bravado as kilgore like he's shirtless just walking on the beach explosions all around him and he's not ducking or anything like he literally thinks he's invincible right well i think willard even says He's like, you know, he's just one of those guys that has a, the, the line around him that you just know he's not going to get a scratch on him somehow. Like, he's not going to get a scratch on him. And yet, like, so he's lacking the morality that Kurtz talks about at the end. Kurtz says that, it's like, the, the perfect soldier needs, like, a morality, but then also just, like, this unwavering discipline to, like, kill without judgment, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Kilgore has that unwavering... Uh, instinct to just kill with with zero judgment. He's literally like bombing an entire village so they can go surfing for thirty minutes, but he lacks the the morality. He's not doing it for a cause. He's doing it because he wants to go surfing because he wants to party basically. But the brute strength that he shows, it's it's brought up that uh, Kilgore's men all like they're behind him. They trust him, and and the, he makes them feel Safe. like they're pr- yeah. protected, right? So it it it's sort of it's like his character is is a sort of uh almost foreshadowing to Kurtz's like ideology if you will but it's not all the way right so if yeah. if if Kilgore his main goal was to like end the war by any means necessary and he had that like instinct to just like go fuck up a village <laughs> for no reason it's possible that he would go down a similar path that that Kurtz did I yeah. think Yeah I um Sorry, I was reading something, so he might have already said this, but I did not get the vibe that he wanted. The, he's one of those that's like a. I didn't like the, he, he said that line where he's just like, some days, someday this war is gonna end, and then there's silence. And he just gets up and leaves. Yeah. And and to me, when he said that, there was like a sadness where he's like, I better enjoy while I can. He's he's you know on the I mean? playground. He's he's on the yeah. playground right now. L- quite literally, he's able to do what he wants when he wants, his way. Uh. He just has this like hubris, but also this like bravado. Um, I thought he was gonna die. The first time I watched it, I thought he was gonna get oh, shot or something. I thought that scene where he was like had his shirt off. I thought he was gonna get just blown to pieces right there, mm-hmm. because and, and that's the thing is that, and this is not really fair because this movie is so much older and I saw it so much later in life. But that's kind of a trope now where it's like the guy's like, "All right, man, we're good." Bang. And you're kind of like waiting for like that shoe to drop, but in, but in this case, he he was fine. He was like, no, this is how I do yeah. it. This is I'm invincible, and because I am still living, um, I I haven't been proven wrong. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. Um, but I, th- I thought he was great. I thought he was fantastic. He was phenomenal, like in the role. He's just a oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Um. You know, he's like, hey, go to this point. He's like, hell no, that's too hot. It's covered with Charlie. Charlie's everywhere. And the guy's like, you must got sick waves. And he's like, well, why didn't you say that? Let's go. Yeah, we're going. You know what I mean? And it's like. He said, and then it turns from like, oh, it's kind of hairy there. to like, I can take anything I want whenever I want. We're going right now. Yeah. And (coughs) and then they're, they're trying to surf. He's like, get your shorts on. Go surfing. You can either surf or you can fight, you know. And uh, they're like, I don't know, man, it's kind of hairy. And he's like, I'll take care of it. Drop napalm on the entire fucking yeah. tree line, you know? Yeah. Just. <laughs> and it was crazy. He's like, he's talking to that one dude. What's his name? Lance, the guy who's he's the surfer, who who also yeah. 
who also kind of goes down the insanity rabbit hole. Um, and he's like, what do you think, Lance? He's like, oh, it's very exciting. He goes, no, 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 the waves. Look at the waves. Mm-hmm. And he's just like killed 100 people. And he's like, anyway, look at these sick these sick peaks, man. Um, he's great. I mean, he's phenomenal in the role. He's just a bona fide yeah. psychopath. Um, I was going to ask you, what do you think of the Playboy scene? Like, It's interesting that you mentioned that. So that is, as they go down the river, it seems like uh, not only are they on the boat, like, going through more and more shit and becoming more and more fucked up. Like, you see, um, is it, is it, is is Lance, does Lance paint his face? Is he the one yeah. that paints? Okay, cool, yeah. cool. And, you know, uh, uh, is, is, is Lawrence Fishburne the one that takes the LSD? Anyways, they're doing all this crazy shit. No, but that's also Lance. The pl- that's also Lance? Yeah, okay, so Lance, Lance is just... Fishburne clean has the weed. Lance is just partying. Uh, anyways, the, the 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 locations that they come to are also getting more and more uh, like detached from reality, right? So they come to this; they're like in enemy territory uh, at this uh, military installation, yeah, and they, like, and they fly stage. in. They f- they build a stage and fly in fucking Playboy models, right? There's a band there, like. So the not the final cut, not the one that I watched yesterday, but the Redux version, which is the longest version of the movie. Uh, Willard and Co. come across the Playboy people again. Their helicopter has run out of fuel. Oh gosh! <laughs> and they trade a couple gallons or like enough fuel for them to get out for <coughs> a couple hours of R and R. So that's something that has didn't make the theatrical cut is I not see. in the final cut. But yeah, they 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 come back for a, l- a little bit. Well, that you know, I don't know. It maybe think of a of a line that Willard said about Kilgore. He was like, because he just set up camp and he'd have a barbecue and that kind of stuff. And he was like, the more you make it feel like home, the more people will miss it. Um, well, and it. Go on. No, you're fine. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I thought you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Uh, it also raises this question of, like, the Viet Cong are put in a position where it's either win or die, and there's no alternative, right? Whereas all these Americans who have these play- Playboy models in front of them are thinking about getting home. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not all of them. So like Willard is is too far gone, too far past oh, that. Yeah. yeah. Like. Like uh, Vietnam has almost become his home, and that's also so that theme is also brought up at the um, the French plantation, which I can I can talk about a little bit once we get yeah, sure. past this part, because I think it's I think it's right past this part that that happens, but um, yeah, that's that's brought up there. This idea of like Vietnam is our home now. Yeah, and I I think you know, it's David and Goliath. Obviously, the Kong are compared to the U.S. Army, it's nothing, but um. But yeah, you have one side who's fighting for everything, and then the other side who doesn't want to be there. You know what I mean? It's like, interesting. Yeah. Look at, look at Chef when he sees the tiger. He like he's like, I didn't. I want to. I just want to fucking cook, man. I just want to cook. Um, and that's the thing is you know like going back to all quiet. It's like those kids were like super hype. Like let's join let's join the army. And these guys were drafted. And like he was like I was about to go to culinary school and I got my numbers pulled and. Now I'm here, and it's like mm-hmm. they don't. Their heart's not in it. They're not wanting to fight, you know. Yeah. What were you gonna say? 
Um, I was gonna say it's interesting that you said it's it's it, it's there's no comparison, because while like pure brute strength that might be correct. I mean, we didn't win. They were able to to utilize their uh, like home field advantage, if yeah, you will, yeah. to oh, a yeah. point where they they kind of kicked. I don't want to say the United States is ass because like there were a bunch of uh, countries fighting in this war, yep. right? That were were a part of it, kicked their ass. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, the Viet Cong had more uh, North Vietnam and the Viet Cong had more casualties, like dead and missing. But I mean, it was a an, an unsuccessful. Uh, yeah, and that was the big like guerrilla. Warfare and what right. Kurtz was kind of doing at the end, just being like just savagery. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's uh, it's wild. Um, I was gonna ask you about something, but I forgot where I was gonna go with this. Was about the French stuff. Uh, you can talk about that, and then we can go to the to the final 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 act. Well, I mean, we've talked about the French stuff enough. I think like it's literally like he goes there and they're they're eating dinner. It's like a thirty minute scene. It's it's pretty long, but uh. Like I said, he asks them, like, why are you here? Why aren't you going back to France? And, uh, like, the the patriarch at the table, it's like a whole, like, f- extended family situation. It's not just, like, one, like, direct family, right? Uh, and, and one guy is like, you, are you fucking kidding me? The French lost this war. They lost that war. They lost that war. We're not losing this land. And and this is our home. Like, we've we've put down roots here and blah, 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 blah. And then he has his encounter with uh, the widowed French lady, um, and she says the the line about like there's two people within you, one who loves and one who kills. But then she also they have this discussion, and he's like, you know, I, I you know I, I went home and it just wasn't the same. And she's like, well, Vietnam is your home now too. And then that's when like it fades to black and they leave. But we need to talk about the last bridge that they come to where they're like yeah. f- fully like exiting the known uh, territory that, yeah. that people have settled and there's no commanding officer and it's just complete it's just chaos. chaos. And the, the male guy who's there, which is crazy that they would have sent the male guy there of all places, but he's like, you're in the, the butthole of hell. or What does he say? He says, I, I, I think he says the armpit of the world. The armpit of the world. Something okay. like that. <laughs> The butthole of hell. Yeah. I like that. And that's wild to me is that, like, there were still those roles. Maybe there still are now. Who knows? Where that guy, he's got one job, and that's to get this package to somebody. So they send him to, like, the worst fucking place <laughs> that they could possibly think. Yeah. But also, like, the dude with the trumpet with Kilgore's crew is like, all right, dude, play the trumpet. And it's like, he can still get blown up. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, that kind of stuff, the peasantry of it is just so futile to me. But... Yeah, well, at yeah. the end, dude. At at the end, it's just chaos and like those two guys. He has like the the machine gun. He's just like shooting into the darkness, and it's just like we can hear things. So let's just line it up. And then mm-hmm. that one, what they call the guy who has the rocket launcher? What they call him? Oh, I can't remember. I, he, I his mean, name. He, he had a name that stuck out. Uh, but they call him over, and he, I think it's like a grenade launcher, because he shoots it at an angle, and a yeah. rocket would just, like, yeah. go pretty far. But, yeah, yeah. Um, and he, he kills the guy with one shot. He looks like he's got PTSD, but then Willard asks him, "Who's? do you know who's in charge here? Yeah. And he, like, sort of chuckles and says, yeah, I know who's in charge. And then he walks away. Uh, 
but but there's no commanding officer, and so that again sort of alludes to Kurtz's mentality of like the strong, the stronger in charge, yeah. right? Whoever's the strongest, he's got the fucking rocket launcher. He kills the the guys. He's he's in, he's in charge, right? Well, it's funny because you have you have some guys who see a boat and they're like, "Get me out of here!" Like they jump in the water, like I would just get me out of here anywhere. And then you have the other guys who are like, "No, I'm here. I'm gonna take over and like I'm gonna." not stop whether they are doing it because they want to or they've just like they've they're just so far gone that they're whatever but um and meanwhile i don't remember who who says this line it might be chief i think it is chief when they get back to the boat and he's like are you sure you want to continue uh and chief says uh look at that bridge every fucking day they rebuild that bridge just so that the the bureaucrats in the capital can say that you know the roads are open or whatever yeah and it's Great just, line. again talking about the the futility of 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 war and and yeah it is, it is a great line then we get to um what i think everyone would agree is the the messiest chapter the the final chapter of the mm-hmm. film but it is it i mean they've gone up this river of insanity and now it's just like this crazy conclusion right yeah. Um, so they're at Kurtz's compound, and oh, we the chief gets killed with a spear. Well, that's the thing too is like they're like they're like stop firing. They're just toys. They're little sticks. And like Lance even puts like two in his head, you know. And they're like it's just toys. And then chief gets killed like with a spear. Like it's a real well because chief is commanding them to to keep firing, and so someone's firing. I don't remember who it is. It must have been Lance, I guess. I think it was, I think it was Chef because Lance was like, oh no, it, it might have been Lance. Maybe you're right. Maybe it was Chef. Doesn't but, matter. You know they're shooting, gu- and then he gets killed with the spear, and then he tries to take Willard with him because he he blames Willard for taking him in that that place. Um. Anyways, the 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 final act where we meet Kurtz. What it, or what did you think about the way that Marlon Brando portrayed the character? Uh, the the logic. Did it make sense, or was it just like the ravings of a madman to you? No, I. Uh I mean, it was a little both, but like it was, it was the idea of somebody who was so cemented in his ideology and so disillusioned to like the the system or whatever you want to say, like the way that it was supposed to be done, yada yada yada. That he got to a place where he was like, "I'm elevated now," and like, I don't, I don't, you know. And I, I think he did see the like to him the hypocrisy of like there's some line he says he's like charging me with me with murder maybe willard says it where it's like charging him with murder here is like something and he's just like he said you know, uh he, he, the the line is charging kurtz with murder is like giving someone a speeding ticket at the indy 500 yes that's right that's right that's right i think it was the indy 500 it was a um, race yeah and it was like I don't know, Kurtz, I loved how he was portrayed, and I'm not sure if that was all Brando, because it sounded like, and I don't actually know for sure, um, how he showed up, if he showed up, like, because I've read stuff where he was like, I, he didn't act like he wanted to be there, he was not into it, whatever, but I would argue that he actually put on a, like, a really good performance. and um, Yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of, um, I mean, this movie has a lot of, controversy oh, yeah. and just like uh, uh, mystery around the, the ending like there there was a long time where people were convinced that uh, Coppola didn't have an ending for the film and so they just like fucking just, went to a black screen yeah they just ended it 
Yeah. Um, but but I was reading something where, you know, there were rumors that that was going on, but but I mean, it, if that's true, I don't think it is, but but Marlon Brando, like just his improvisation, may, I, I think that role is one where you could come on the set and not know what's going on and it might be better. Cause it's well, just yeah, like I was going to say. Disconnected like, and like, like, you know he, what I mean? He comes across as this like <clears throat> disillusioned, disconnected, like a great word, kind of man who's just like, no, I am what I am. You know what I mean? And like, I don't really give a shit. Um, he wouldn't and say it like that, but like, even when he's yeah. like, he seems like just like put out sort of. He's like rubbing his head, and he's just like, maybe that's Brando not wanting to be on set. But in the movie, it comes across as this like he's almost like frustrated by like, why don't you see like why don't people get this? You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But but <clears throat> so one uh, Willard Willard says at some point like his internal narration he's he's thinking. Uh, like I've never seen a man so broken up, so literally like disconnected like yep. that. Yep. But I also want to say that uh, I think there's a reason that uh, Kurtz doesn't just kill him on the spot. It's because he recognizes that maybe someone does see things the same way that he does. Yeah, because right? there's a scene later where, well, one, the 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 journalist who's like, I'm an American, I'm American, hey. At some point he's talking to Willard and he's like, He's got something for you, you know. He's yeah. like, you're 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 still alive. Uh, but then even there's a thing in Willard's like inner monologue where he's talking and he's like, I think he was saying something where he, also was that Chef's head. Yeah. So okay. Chef Chef was supposed to call so when they get there, Chef stays at the boat and he's supposed to call an airstrike, and then Lance goes in the village, and when um, I don't know if you caught this, but uh, so. Willard goes in and talks to him and then gets, like, put in the cage thing. Uh, when they're doing, like, the sacrifice at the end, uh, Lance is, like, a part yeah, of it. Yeah, he's in it. Also, he's that was a it. real that was a, a real buffalo. I, for some reason, when I saw that, I knew it. And I was like, I don't want to see this, man. I, I, I knew it as well. Uh, it was fairly obvious that they were actually uh, killing a buffalo. But it's not, they didn't. So let's talk about some of the controversy. I know that we're like kind of in the middle of it, but there's two things I want to talk about. Yeah. The first is the the water buffalo. They didn't do like multiple takes of them killing a water buffalo. So in order to film in that little area, like the the tribal area that they filmed yeah. in, uh, the tribe had like certain requirements, and one of the requirements is that they wanted two water buffalo. So they they killed one, and uh, Francis Coppola's wife filmed it. And he liked it, I guess. So he he was like, "Let's film the second one and put it in the film," um, just because, like, I guess it's an opportunity you can't pass up. Because there's laws against like, yeah, but doing it was some that. Sort of ritual, whatever. Right, right, right. So it wasn't they weren't f- doing it for the movie. So, anyways, it, it it got through and it's in the movie, right? Uh, the second thing I want to talk about is the fact that. <coughs> They purchased. They they're not in the movie, because uh, is this the real uh, dead bodies? Yeah, they purchased dead bodies, and then it turned out that they were from this like grave robber, and so the authorities like confiscated them, and so they yeah. just use extras. But that's wild. Like, imagine that's crazy, man. Yeah. Imagine filming a movie and being like, "Let's get real dead people and just throw them all over the set." That's that's 
It's wild. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's like, I don't know. For some reason, when I saw that, the Buff- like, going back to Buffalo, I was like, this is, uh, it didn't, like, take me out of the film, but I was like, I'd rather not. You know what I mean? Oh, Just cause, you, you, you see the inside of its oh, neck? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And, like, I saw that, and I was like, that's, I just, for some reason, just knew. I was like, this is, that's a real animal. And then some of the bodies, man, I was like, I, I, I didn't think that they were real. But I was like, good Lord, man, they're everywhere. And like, well, there's the one dude who's, like, bottomless, just hanging there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what did how was your day at work, man? Like, it was. Mean? It's Kurtz's compound. There's heads everywhere. Yeah, it's just dude. like it's it's insane. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so I was gonna say though, back to Chef's head, whatever you know, all that stuff's mm-hmm. happening. But at some point, I think it's when he's sneaks back into the boat. I think when, when when he's about to kill him, he says like, "Everybody in the world or whatever wants me to wants me to do this," and he said something like, "Most of all, him, like especially him." Right, so so Kurtz Kurtz's conflict, and the reason he's like quite literally gone insane, is that he has come to a conclusion that he feels is like a truth, uh, and he's unable to reconcile with that. That's the horror, right? The horror is that the only way to win this conflict, which is something that needs to be done, is to basically commit war crimes and just like have n- no, like have the morality behind the war would be. <clears throat> ending the conflict, you know, victory yeah. for victory's sake, like to 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 liberate the South Vietnamese, like Saigon, you know, all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, just like do whatever is necessary. And the truth that he finds, I'm not saying, uh, I don't know if I agree with it, but mm-hmm. the truth that he finds that these people that literally cut off an entire village's arms, like all the kids' arms, they weren't monsters. They were people who were doing what was necessary. That thought, which was like pure, it was the diamond bullet in his brain. Yeah, it drove him insane to the point where, like, yeah, he kind of just wanted to die. <laughs> he just wanted yeah. out, you know. But he didn't want to just kill himself. He wanted like a warrior's death. Yeah, uh, and like a like a quote unquote fitting replacement or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, because right. there's, there's talk late, like early in the movie where he's like, imagine what that would do to you. All those people think you're a god. Sure. Um, so Kurtz, or sorry, so Willard, who has, uh, on his journey up the river, gone through like, first he's reading Kurtz's story, this like mm-hmm. mythical figure that he's sent to kill, that he's conflicted on killing from the get-go. Like right from the beginning of the movie, he says like the fact that it's an American gave me pause or you know, whatever he says. Yeah, yeah. And he goes through this similar journey of like seeing all these atrocities and coming to the same conclusion about like this illusory morality. He's quite literally given the perfect opportunity to take the mantle because yep. when he, yep. when he kills Kurtz, which he does, they all bow. Everyone, they all bow because he's the strong one. Now Kurtz, Kurtz is dead. They revered him for his strength Right, it's not like he could talk. To, he wasn't speaking to them and saying yeah. like, "Hey, here are my ideas." No, he was just like strong. Um, and so when when Willard kills him, he's he's given the chance to, do, and he gets he gets on the boat and leaves. Right? Yeah, like he <laughs> grabs Lance and like drags yeah. Lance to them, and they get in the boat and leave. Yeah. Um, though I thought it was great. Like I uh, I loved because he he gave his like whole horror <laughs> speech and like 
like make essentially like make friends with that horror. Like that's kind of what it is. Mm-hmm. And I loved like I'm not sure how it landed with you, but when he was dying and he was just like the horror. To me, part of it was like a proclamation of like this is horrible. All of this is horrible. But part of it felt super sarcastic. Of being like, oh, oh no, you fucking yeah, killed me. Like, oh, the horror. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it felt almost like <laughs> condescending. Which I think either one works. I think it can work for him. Or he's like, he oh, knows. No. Well, yeah, like he's not quite so comical, but like in a way that's like he knows like this is this is this is it. This is what this is. You know what I mean? I thought yeah. it was just super I thought it was super haunting, super good. I loved it. Yeah. Um so did you did you watch the credits? Like did you or just like have them on the background or did you just no, like turn it off? I turned it off. So uh in the credits scene, and this is another reason this was another critique of the film when it first came out. Um there's a sequence where you see that entire like village set just get like fucking obliterated, like blown up. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so uh, people were confused. They were like, "Well, so what the fuck was the ending?" I thought they didn't. But he didn't bomb it. He killed Kurtz and then just left. So why'd they bomb it? So what actually happened was that uh, whoever like gave them permission to use that area in the Philippines uh, said, "When you're done with it, we want you to blow it up." <laughs> I don't know why they said that, <laughs> but they said, "When you're done with it, we we want you to blow it up." So. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola was like, well, we're going to fucking use it if we're going to blow it up. That's so insane, just like, dude. They just like put it in the credits. Yeah. It's insane. Isn't that crazy? And there's sometimes where like I was watching this and I was like, and this is a testament to it. And then we can wrap up because we, we've already gone over. But I was watching this and I was like, I had to like remind myself, okay, this is just a movie. You know what I mean? And like, I don't do that a lot in movies. A lot of times, well, because a lot of times now it's like, hey, look, that guy's flying. And it's like, this is Yeah. But in this one, for some reason, I don't know what it was, I was like, all right, everybody who, like, Martin Sheen's still alive. <laughs> like, every, you know, everyone's still around. Um, and I think that's just a test. It just, I don't know. It was so, I love that this movie, it shows you the horrors, you know, the horror. But it, again, this is the same thing as, like, I think of horror movies like, um, hereditary or um, even talk to me like that we did recently where they don't they just sort of let you see it they don't go like look how bad this is this is awful mm-hmm. it's just sort of there like when they're floating through the river and they have to like fly around a, a plane that crashed and there's people hanging from the side and it's just like this fucking sucks dude um, and again like that's that's it goes deeper than just war is bad but something about this movie maybe because I knew a lot about it I was like is everybody okay? <laughs> like, who made this? Well, you know what I mean, because not really, sort of. Right, right. Like this, the 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 making of this film was uh, a horror <laughs> yeah. for a lot of a lot of people who were involved. It was also like it it it, it principal photography drug on way longer than it should have. Like production mm-hmm. was was way longer than it was intended to be. Uh, at one point. Francis Ford Coppola like staked a, a shit ton of his own money, like basically yep. his fortune yeah, yeah. on the film. Do you know? Okay, so the budget that is reported for this film was thirty-one million dollars in in uh, nineteen seventy. We're gonna say nineteen seventy-six because that's when principal photography yep. took place. Do you know what that's equivalent to uh, today? Like if, if that movie thirty-one million dollars or forty-one? Thirty-one. I'm gonna say it's one fifty. 
one one hundred and sixty five million dollars. That's a, I mean yeah. that's I mean that's movies a, that's a blockbuster. movies movies cost more than that <laughs> nowadays. Yes, that's a blockbuster still. Studios are fucking stupid. Yeah. But yeah. That's crazy. It's, and it made a hundred between a hundred and a hundred and fifty million at the box office. I guess so numbers are harder to Oh actually no it didn't because that's yes, thirty one million. Anyway, yeah, um, it, yeah, yeah. So we can go on forever, but um, Zach, I need to ask you a question. I want to. I want to go on forever. Okay, can we just leave this rolling? I'm gonna go to bed. Okay, you can ask the question. <laughs> Wouldn't it be something? It was a 24 hour episode of Zach. I'm in the first hour, but then the rest of it's just you talking about yeah, apocalypse now. Yeah. Um, Zach is a. I've lost you. <laughs> I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can hear me, but I lost you. Oh wait, can you hear me now? I can hear you. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. You know what the good thing is? We're what? recording locally, so it doesn't yeah. matter. So if anything gets messed up, you've got it. Um, oh, I had my I just heard a beep and I forgot that I had the sound effects unmuted. It's it's not gonna mess anything up. Actually that's funny. Anyway, but is Apocalypse Now good? Yeah, I mean, yes, it's 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 excellent. It is one of the greatest war films ever made. It's one of the greatest films ever made. Like, quite honestly, um, I, it's nominated for a Golden Oldie for sure. I was about to say, is this gonna be a Golden Oldie? Yeah, I, yes. Hell yeah. Yeah, heck, uh, heck yeah. Heck yeah. There you go. It's good. Should we do some Amy movie sucks? Yeah. Let's do it. I'm gonna read a couple. No, you're gonna read one, and then I'm gonna read one. I mean, a couple total. I am. Uh, I will be absolutely honest with you guys. I am running out of gas, my friend. Here we go. This is Phoenix F N I X Half Star, absolute filth. The all caps worst movie I have ever watched, and it has actually given me trauma. I'm not even joking. Save your time and don't watch this disgusting film. Never. This is a warning. Even if you have to do it for school, just find analytical articles. This movie is never worth it. Wow. <coughs> um, let me read this first. Okay, Holly says, I'm going to be real here. I haven't watched it all the way through, but as soon as I saw the puppy, I stopped because I know what's going to happen. Well, Holly's wrong because the puppy just runs away. Uh <laughs> It's been boring all the way up to this point, and I'm not wasting another hour just to watch the puppy die. Holly, puppy, the puppy lived. The, the puppy runs away or <laughs> gets blown into the water, one or the other. We're not really sure. Yeah, I've got, I've got one. Uh, this is from Jan, half star. I wish negative stars existed, but this shit is a big dump. <laughs> so articulate, amazing. I do one more for me. Uh, da, 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 da. Let me find one. Let me get my news ready while you're doing that. Underscore. Uh, who news? I don't I don't think understood what the film was trying to say. Okay. Uh, underscore says, Americans will invade your country and then cry about how dehumanizing and traumatizing the experience was for them. And it's like, yeah, that's part of what the film is exploring, how f- how hypocritical that is. Yeah, I think the film's kind of saying that. That's the point. Well, cool, there you go. Every movie sucks, including Apocalypse Now. Somebody hates the movie you love. Here we go. News. Should I do news? News, 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 news. Uh, Disney P- Plus 
had a had a series ready a series, totally filmed called Nautilus. Okay. And they canceled it. Uh, it was already filmed, finished. They said, "Never mind." We get our first look at Adam Driver, Shailene Woodley, and Penelope Cruz in Michael Mann's Ferrari film. Looks very good. Uh, first look at Barry Keoghan and Jacob Elordi in Emerald Fennell's film Saltburn. Emerald Fennell did uh, Promising Young Woman, one of the early films we did on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, How I Met Your Father has been canceled on Hulu. Apparently Dick Grayson is rumored to appear in The Batman 2. Got to get some comic movie news in there. Uh, the MCU... Disney Plus show about Agatha Harkness, the girl from the witch from uh, whatever it's called, WandaVision, has now changed titles three times. It is now called Agatha the Darkhold Diaries, and it got pushed back again, I think. Uh, Poor Things, which I want to do at the end of the year, has debuted at 100% fresh. And then Taylor Swift has announced her Eras Tour film is coming to AMC Theaters, and it passed Spider-Man No Way Home for first-day sales and is predicted to have a $100 million opening. And guess who's going to see it on October 14th at Madison Yards? Me and Hannah. <laughs> oh, so y'all are coming to the theater right next to me, and you didn't, you didn't ask me if I wanted a ticket? Um, no, it's date night, man. Also, I think they're already sold out. Hannah just said, I'm getting tickets. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And then, sad news. Not really movies, but entertainment news. How much is the Taylor Swift thing? Is it a normal movie ticket price? Or I is think it, it like was. I think it was. I need to look something up real fast. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Um, we got two uh, people passed away this past week, both in music. Steve Harwell of Smash Mouth uh, passed away at 56, and then Jimmy Buffett passed away at 76. So rest in peace to those guys. They were I like both their music. So, there's your news, Zach. Brave minute, please. Oh, uh, let me check the score. Give me a oh, second. We it's were it's bad. We were losing pretty. Soroka pretty had a bad night, but your cousin homered again. I believe that means he. Oh, wait a second. They came back. A little oh, bit. Uh, whose minute is it? Sorry. When we started the podcast, the Braves were losing 6-1. to one. It is currently the ninth inning, and the Braves have uh, cut the deficit. It's now 9-6 to six in favor of the uh, uh, Cardinals. 10-6, sorry. Oh, damn. Um, that just happened. <laughs> Thanks, Tonkin. Um, but the Braves took 3-4 of four from the Dodgers, and uh, the National League best record is like... Not not a done deal, but like it's gonna be hard for the the Dodgers to overcome a six game deficit. I think it is seven game deficit somewhere in there. Uh, it was it was a big deal taking three out of four from them, and it was done in pretty dominant fashion. You know the Sunday game uh, we lost, but but it was a good week. The Braves had a really good week. Ronald Acuna achieved the first ever uh, 30 home runs, 60 stolen bases season in grand fashion when he mm-hmm. hit a grand slam. I see what you did there. And, yeah, it was just it was a good it was a good week to be a Braves fan overall. Well, Zach, that was very brave of you. Bravest thing I've done all week. Whiskey shots? Yep. Let's do it. 
to Whiskey. We love you. Miss you. If you could see us now. She does. She sees us all the time. Here we go. Oof. So, Hunter. Yes. Where can they find us? You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Buddies a Good Podcast. You can follow us on X at BIIG Podcast. You can email us at Buddies a Good Podcast at gmail.com, BIIG Podcast at gmail.com, or Buddies a Good at gmail.com. Want to follow me? You can follow me at Hunter Callahan Music anywhere. You can follow Zach on Instagram at Zach with an H to the number, the T H A, future dot three one. Uh, we're doing Blade Runner next week. Thanks for sticking around. I know it's we've been hectic the past couple weeks, but we're going to get back on track. Yeah, we are. We're going to do it. All right, cool. I have a headache, so I'm going to go. All righty. Bye. Bye. But is it good podcast? Yeah, 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 yeah.